This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. All right, well, it's good to be here. Um, I want to start with our um, Bible reading for tonight, which should come up on the, on the screen there, I believe. If it does, great. It's from Psalm 139, which I know for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of your favourite passage. I've heard a few people um, have said to me, oh, you're speaking from Psalm 139. It's one of my favourite parts of the Bible. And I'm just going to read the first, not even the first half of the, the chapter, but uh, verses 1 to 10. And it's a Psalm of David. And he says this, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know, sorry, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. All right. How many of you heard Lewis's message last Sunday morning? You were either here in person or... Uh, You've watched it on YouTube. Okay, a few of you. For those of you who haven't seen it, can I really encourage you, check it out. It's available on YouTube. Um, and for those of you who have seen it, watch it again because there's just so much good stuff in that. He did a really good job of, of communicating how the Holy Spirit um, cares for each one of us and comforts us. So check it out. Tonight, I've been asked to speak specifically on the Holy Spirit being our helper. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of a, a natural continuation from what Lewis was speaking about. But I've been drawn to, uh, to take it in a, in a bit of a different direction. Now, I want to start by asking you a question. This is not a rhetorical question. By show of hands, how many of you believe, at least at some level, how many of you believe that the Holy Spirit does indeed help people? Okay, huge, just about all of you. Okay, excellent. So rather than spending the next 20 minutes trying to convince you of something that you kind of already know, I want to address a question that Lewis touched on, not in the sermon from last week, but in the sermon from probably three or four weeks ago. And he was talking about the Azusa Street Revival. Any of you remember him talking about that? A couple of you. If you don't know what the Azusa Street Revival was, it happened in 1906 and, and it was a revival in the church where the Holy Spirit came upon the church in this just crazy, outrageous way. And there was just all this amazing stuff happening. And it was kind of the, the birth of what's known as the Pentecostal movement. And Lewis asked the question and he said, if all these amazing experiences of the Holy Spirit are happening 
to other people, why aren't they happening to me? If the Spirit of God is, is with us all the time, why don't we experience him all the time? Or you could put it this way, if God has promised that his spirit will help us and there's nothing that we can do, nowhere we can go to flee from his presence, why don't we always experience what we just read in Psalm 139? Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this time, but my guess is there's, uh, there's prob probably... Uh, many of you that have had times in your own lives where you've just desperately needed something from God, some help, some, some, a sign to make himself known to you and you've cried out and you've, you've asked him to uh, show himself and it's like there's, there's nothing, there's just silence. Well, tonight let me start by reassuring you that the Spirit is in fact very close to us all the time helping us, guiding us, encouraging us. Um, it's a promise that God has made to us over and over and over again, right through the Bible. He said, wherever we go, whatever we do, he's there holding us fast. But let me assure you, you are not alone if you're struggling to believe that. Now, I want to say I don't think it's necessarily because we don't recognise um, the voice of the Holy Spirit. I can't help but wonder if it's because we don't recognise the Spirit when he's out of context. Do you know what I mean by out of context? I, I don't know if this is just me because I'm, I'm old and forgetful, but maybe you can relate to this. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you're, um, I don't know, let's say you're walking through Tuggera shops and you see someone and you think, man, that person looks... It looks so familiar. What do I, know? I? I don't know who it is, but just you know, this, this person kind of looks familiar. And while you're looking at that person, they see you looking at them. They come over and they start chatting to you, and you, it becomes very obvious that they know who you are. And you chat, and and they they go and you go, all right, see you later. I have absolutely no idea who you are. The fact that you're laughing, you're either laughing at me or you can relate to to that. Uh, it happens to me a lot. Um, and then days later, it'll be like, oh man, that was Nathan. I, I, I spent 20 minutes last Sunday talking to him over a coffee at church. And, you know, we've, we've chatted tons of times and we know each other. Why the heck didn't I recognize him? It's because he was out of context. Now, this didn't really happen, but it's the sort of thing that probably would happen. So I'll apologize in advance. Yeah. <laughs> He feels like he's out of context a lot. So you don't recognise them because they were out of context. And even though over the years you might have got to know that person really well, you didn't recognise them because they weren't in their sort of in their usual spot. They weren't where you expected them to be. What if we discovered that the Spirit of God was, was literally walking with us every moment of every day, just as he promised but we simply weren't recognising him. Now, I grew up in a, in a pretty traditional Baptist church down in Sydney, very old school kind of place. And a result of that upbringing and, and everything that I was taught, 
I had this very neat, very short little list of the acceptable ways in which the Holy Spirit could speak to me. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit could speak to me through scripture. That's a pretty obvious one, right? He could speak to me through a sermon. He could speak to me through a Christian book. He could speak to me through a Christian song. He could speak to me maybe through another Christian, as long as they were a Protestant, preferably a Baptist. And if I was feeling really, really progressive, really kind of out there, maybe he could even speak to me through nature. But I was very careful if, you know, about who I would share that with, because that was a little bit out there. Us older Christians especially, we, we tend to like having these nice little tidy boxes. And I think for me, subconsciously, it, it helped me feel like I had some kind of control over how I heard from the Spirit. I had this big list of all these areas in which the Holy Spirit wasn't going to be found, so I could conveniently kind of ignore all those things and, and just look for help and guidance in that list of four or five things that I mentioned a second ago. It's taken me a long time to discover that God, surprise, surprise, is not confined to my little boxes and he's just as often to be found working outside of those boxes, speaking to us and helping us in all kinds of creative ways, in all kinds of situations. Now, I think back and uh, you know, wonder how many times in my life God wanted to guide me and, and help me, but I totally missed it because that help had come in a way that, that I, was, was different to what I believed it should have been. You see, God working outside of these boxes has been embedded in the whole Jesus story right from, from day one. Let me give you an example. All right, the Magi. Do you know what I mean when I say the Magi? You've see, all seen the Christmas cards. They're sometimes known as the the wise men or the kings. You know what I'm talking about? The Magi, they, these guys were Eastern astrologers. Astrologers, you know, people who read the, the zodiac signs, write horoscopes, they read the stars, that kind of stuff. Now, when I was growing up, you did not read horoscopes in the, in the daily paper. That was, that was really not something you did. I wasn't even meant to know what star sign I was. That's how, you know, that's how strict they were on this sort of stuff. Because the people who wrote all this astrology stuff, they, these were the worst of the worst. These were, these were sinners. These were heathens. These were outsiders, others. But God can, and he does, speak through people who are not his people. And after centuries of, literally centuries of the Jews not hearing from God, these astrologers were some of the first people to announce the good news of the coming of the Messiah. Do we recognize the spirit of God when he's out of context? When he speaks to us in ways that are outside of how we assume he will? Because if we don't, there's a good chance we're going to miss it. And I can't help but wonder if that's what Jesus was dealing with when, when people would come to him and say, listen, Jesus, when, when were you in prison and we, and we visited you? When, when were you hungry and we, and we fed you? 
And he said, look, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. He was talking about seeing the intrinsic value of people, seeing them the way God sees them, seeing the, the very image of God in all people. It's known as Imago Day, which I think would be a really cool name for a church plant. Okay, if you weren't here this morning, that made absolutely no sense, in joke. Jesus says, that was me that you were seeing in those people. So let me ask you a question. Do you think seeing people this way might help us start seeing the Holy Spirit at work around us? Now, another result of my upbringing, I used to spend a lot of time and energy trying to work out who was in and who was out. I really believe that that was, that was important. I mean, this guy over here, he's, he's a, he was a Baptist, so he's, he's totally okay. Um, Church of Christ, yeah, they seem okay. Um, this girl over here, she absolutely loves Jesus, but she goes to a Roman Catholic church, so uh, she's, she's out. Um, this guy's a Baptist, but he smokes, so he's, he's out. Um, those people over there, they're atheists and agnostics, so... I mean, they are so far out. There is no way that God um, would reveal himself through those people, right? Those people are definitely not in. Now, maybe you can relate to that. Constantly judging whether someone is in our little tribe or, or outside. And maybe by doing that, we can so easily fail to see the Holy Spirit at work in and around us. What would it look like if when we walked into a room full of people, the first thing we thought was, these are all people for whom Jesus died. These are all people in whom the Holy Spirit is at work drawing them to him. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, whoa, hang on a second, Ian, just hold up. How is the Holy Spirit at work in these people if, if, they, if they're not believers? John 6:44 records Jesus as saying this, "No one can come to the Father. Sorry, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them." So the Spirit of God was at work in our lives before we believed, right? And he's at work in the lives of other people in the same way. And I'm convinced that he wants all of us to be a part of that process. So rather than seeing people outside of the context of God, we start to see them inside the context of God. So what would it look like if rather than just one day a week we came here to experience the Spirit of God, instead we went out into the worlds that we live in the other six days and we, we helped other people experience the Spirit of God moving in their midst. Now, I can't help wonder too if, if another big part of the problem is how we think the Spirit speaks to us. When I was younger, I used to think the Spirit speaking to me was that feeling of, of guilt that I seemed to feel pretty regularly. And, and the Spirit was like a prison guard and he was sort of watching me and he, he knew what I was going to do even before he, 
before I did it. And so when I'd read things like these verses that we read earlier, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, knew it completely. When I'd read that, it felt threatening, not reassuring. It felt more like God was big brother rather than loving father. Now, I want you to imagine that Tonk down the front here, he and I are good friends, all right? Now, that's probably not hard to imagine because Tonk is a good friend of mine. I've known Tonk for a long time. But I want you to imagine that um, Tonk is with me as a friend 24 hours a day. Wherever I go, Tonk's there. Whatever I'm doing, he's right by my side. But not only is Tonk with me all the time, he knows what I'm thinking even before I've thought it. And he knows what I'm going to say even before I say it. And all day, Tong's like, ah, 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 Ian, I know what you're thinking. Don't, don't be thinking that. Ah, I know what you're going to say. Don't say that. If that was the case, Tong, you and I would not remain friends. I'm sorry. I would ditch you very quickly. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think that's what I used to think the Holy Spirit was, was like. Let me tell you what I believe the Holy Spirit says to you. You are a loved son, a loved daughter of God. You are blameless in his sight. You are created in his image. You are an heir to the Father, to the throne. You are forgiven. You are loved. Now, you need to hear this. I'm not saying that we don't sin, that we're not flawed. Trust me, I am very flawed. I know some of you may be shocked by that, but I am. But I want to say this, and and if this is the only thing you remember from tonight, then that's fine. Some of the most profound experiences I've had with the Holy Spirit have been in those times where I've recognised that I am deeply flawed, but at the same time, recognize that I am unconditionally loved you see if we believe that through Christ our sins have been forgiven past present future then that uncomfortable feeling we get excuse me cannot be the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin because to be convicted Convicted of a sin that we've already been forgiven for doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit convicts us, but not of our sin, of our righteousness. Our true identity, who we really are now, how God sees us. God sees us as completely and totally righteous. Now, that's a bit hard to believe, isn't it? It's, it's as if... I'm trying to say that this is some kind of really good news or something. This is good news. And I'm getting emotional. This is such good news. It's better news than any of us here have ever imagined it. This is really good news. I mean, if you don't believe me, look it up. Hebrews 8 verses 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And then a few verses later in verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I mean, this is incredibly good news. It is so undeserved, but it is so beautiful. So when you and I sin, excuse me, we're doing something that's contrary to, to who we really are, something that's contrary to how God now sees us. And yes, we feel bad about that, but that's not the Holy Spirit saying, oh, you just sinned, you need to repent and be forgiven. Rather, it's the Holy Spirit saying, you are completely and totally righteous. You just did something contrary to who you really are. You depended on yourself for a brief moment rather than on me. Now just confess it and let's move on together. I love you. That's the sort of thing the Holy Spirit says. Now, if your upbringing was similar to mine, you may really be struggling to believe that the Holy Spirit is that good, that he's that loving. Well, how does the Bible describe the Holy Spirit? Again, next week, um, Adam's sermon from this morning will be on, online. Check that out as well. He had a ton of references from the New Testament about what the Holy Spirit is really like. I've been drawn to a, a couple of verses from the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 11, and it says this about the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Just in those two verses, there's seven aspects of the Holy Spirit, seven signs, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, reverence, and the fear of the Lord. And all of those things come from a place of unconditional, perfect love. God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. And that love is for you. It is for you you the older I get the more and more convinced I am that he wants to express that love for us all the time speaking that love constantly through all sorts of, of avenues um, about six weeks ago I had a massive heart attack and ended up in St Vincent's Hospital and the night that I was taken in there God spoke to me incredibly powerfully through skyscrapers, through this, the skyline of Sydney. Now, I don't have time to tell you the story, and to be honest, I'd get way too emotional if I told it anyway. It's on my Facebook. For you, Facebook is this um, old-school app thing that people my age still use. Um, find me on Facebook. I can stick it on Instagram too so you know how to find it, and you can read the story there. But see, when I was younger and I would read Psalm 139, I would experience guilt and fear. And yet Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The spirit brings life and peace. 
not guilt and fear. So let me say very clearly, if you are sensing the Holy Spirit telling you that you're a failure, that you're a disappointment, that you're some filthy sinning scumbag, that is not the Holy Spirit speaking. That sounds more like the devil whispering that sort of crap to you. Or maybe it's just your conscience, but it is not the Holy Spirit. All right, so as I wrap this up, I want to give you some homework. I want you to think about um, what you're going to be doing this coming week. What have you got on? Study, school, work. Maybe you're on holidays and doing something a little bit different to the norm. Um, Maybe you've been invited to a party or something this week. Maybe you've made plans with your friends. Maybe you're catching up with family that you haven't seen for a while. Whatever your plans, think about this. What would it look like if I started to really look for the Holy Spirit at work through my friends at school or through the people that I work with or the stranger that I find myself talking to at the party next Friday night? What might it look like if I started to see all of these people as people that are created in the image of God? People in whom the Holy Spirit is actively at work drawing them to him. Telling them that they are dearly loved by God. How would that impact your week? Seeing God's Spirit at work all around us, feeling his love and his help every moment of every day. Let me close with a blessing that I want to say over you guys. May each of you be filled by God with his Holy Spirit and may each of you go into your worlds this week taking that spirit with you into every situation, blessing every person you encounter and may our God reveal himself to you in ways that you may have never experienced before. Amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.